Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I dare say this past week has been one of the most exciting news-wise. It was a solid week. You know, we spent four years talking Trump, Trump, Trump every week. Uh, and it got sick. I've been saying this every week since we didn't have to hear from him any, any longer, basically. Uh, but we're getting into news news. I'm not saying it's all good. I'm not saying it's all bad. But it's newsworthy material, uh, open, frank uh, matters, worthy of discussion, etc., etc. Uh, tonight, we're not going to travel many places because... Uh, There's so much that happened just in places like Afghanistan, okay, Uh, Ida, all right, and also with coronavirus and a few other minor things. Uh, There isn't much we have to cover. They were biggies this week. And in talking about them this evening, we're going to go to Afghanistan, New Orleans, Louisiana, Alabama, Sturgis, South Dakota, and Key West. So let's give it a start. I'm going to start with Afghanistan. Now, we have been listening and discussing and reading about Afghanistan for the past two or three weeks every day, 24 hours a day. Uh, Not everything has come out yet, and that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about basically one item that I don't recall hearing anything about in the last two weeks which is very important when it comes to Afghanistan. It's something I've written about and talked about in the past 10 years on this show and in my daily blog. I think it's very important. And again, it has not come up and should have come up. I don't know why it doesn't come up. It makes me extra suspicious. It may make you extra suspicious. And here's the story. Afghanistan The the biggest item they grow are poppies, poppy flowers, poppy seeds, which become opium and then become heroin on the streets of the United States. Biggest producer of opium in the world, Afghanistan, place where we've been fighting for a war for 20 years, okay? Uh, Have you heard anything about heroin on the streets of New York, where it comes from, opium? the poppy fields in Afghanistan the past few weeks? No. And I don't understand because it involves money. And I'm a believer that the reason we had a 20-year war has to do with money, not just with heroin that I'm going to talk about, but also with other things like uh, contract military uh, and things like that where for some reason we've been overspending there not just in lives, but in money. And I believe people in Washington, people in Afghanistan, people throughout the world who are involved in this sort of thing, drugs and everything else, wanted to keep this war going so they could keep control of the production of heroin. Sam Crazy, listen to what I'm about to share. Now, the, the fields where the poppy flowers grow are generally owned by warlords. And they are not generally have any of these farms or whatever you want to call them been in an area where there's fighting been going on. Or let me put it this way. 
I believe that for some reason these fields were never approached with tanks, planes, soldiers, or anything else. I mean, why hurt something or kill something that's making you a lot of money? Uh, And again, it's just not Afghans who are doing this. I'm talking about people in this country and people worldwide who are feeding off this drug heroin market. Now, so you got the warlords who really own everything there. They have farmers, people who operate the farms for them. They're a big deal, these people. And these farmers have workers who work the farms. Now, the farmers have been there for 20, 30, 40 years, their families. Nobody leaves a job with these poppy fields. The money's too good. And the people are basically workers every day. They and their families are living good. They never stop working in the poppy fields, all right? I'm going to ask you a question. Did you once hear in the last 20 years of any uh, poppy fields in Afghanistan being bombed, okay, being attacked by military personnel, uh, the war even coming close to any place that was growing poppy seeds, poppy flowers. No, nobody ever bothered the, the, the poppy business, the opium, and that was turned into heroin in the heroin in the end. And I want to tell you this, that 90% of the heroin on the streets of this country come from Afghanistan. Very simple. How many times did you hear about that in the last 20 years? And this is something we should be talking about, something that should have been discussed in our uh, talk shows, in the social media, uh, that we should have read about in some newspapers and magazines. Where was it the last two or three weeks? It's there. This is what's happening, and I think one of the contributing factors to keeping this war going was to control the flow of heroin. Let me go a step further. Taliban has announced that they're not interested in the drug trade. They're going to ban drugs in Afghanistan. Good luck. Don't buy it. There were liars before with a lot of things. I believe they are lying with this thing. Because the only way they can survive financially is to keep the poppy fields going to make the uh, opium to uh, be part of the operation that turns it into heroin and distributes it in this country. That is their financial security. You gotta, it's like what? You're gonna bite your nose off to spite your face? They'd be crazy to do that. And they're not going to do it. They're not, they're gonna be dealing in heroin in poppy seed fields. Watch. Uh, and, I don't know. Where have we been? Where, why haven't we talked about this as a nation, uh, as a military force, as a CIA, as a Pentagon? Uh, nobody ever talks about this, rarely in the last 20 years. i probably talked about it more in the last 10 years and written about it more in the last 10 years than any other person. I'm just a little entity out here in the world trying to convey some news and discuss it and analyze it. It's out there. And I think this is this has something to do with the whole Afghanistan situation. That's all, and it's something that we should know about and discuss because I think some of our people are still going to be involved, who who who, who are making money off this. That doesn't mean our country per se will be involved, but peripherally these people will be who have already been for a number of years. Let's move on to Ida, Eddie Cantor, nine eleven. 
because I think Irma was supposed to go up the West Coast. Got up in the morning. They told me I couldn't stay anymore because the hurricane had moved. It was now coming up the East Coast. I better get my ass over to the West Coast. Uh, I got to Atlanta. The hurricane wasn't even supposed to go near Atlanta, Georgia. I I drove like 12, 13 hours that day. Got to to a big hotel, big Marriott, downtown Atlanta. Uh, The next morning, I'm told, we're closing the hotel now, and you have to leave. Why? Herman's going to hit Atlanta. I said, boy, this isn't good. I ended up in Birmingham, Alabama at a friend's home. But so I've been through it that way. Uh, I followed it every day. I was away 12 days. You don't come back right away. And on the trip back, I saw many things which shocked me. And like somewhat like what we're seeing now uh, on uh, television, but worse. The physical destruction I saw returning to Key West. I'm sharing this with you because having experienced it, it stays with you forever, I'll be honest with you. And every hurricane concerns you, even though it's not going to hit you. I feel terrible for the people in New Orleans, Louisiana, Mississippi. But coming back, once I hit northern the northern uh, Keys Road, US-1, I, was, I think it was Florida City, I started seeing the damage. And here's what I saw. I'm going to do it very quick. Hey, but you're not going to believe it. The boats that were supposed to be in the water were on the highway. The cars that were supposed to be on the highway were in the ocean and the canals. The houses that should have been standing erect were either laying flat or 100 feet down the road upside down or you didn't know where the hell they went. Okay? Powerful. Debris all over the place. And the... I think this is funny, but it also shows the, the velocity, the power of that wind. I was coming through El Morada, and there was a tree to my right, a big tree. Uh, not a palm tree, a tree tree. And about 20 feet up, two big branches coming out. And resting on those two branches sideways was a large refrigerator. That refrigerator had flown up onto those branches. Wild, okay? So I wrote a book. There's only been two books written on Irma. I wrote the first book. Somebody else wrote a different type six months later. Mine was The Practical Experiences of Everything I Went Through. It's still out there for sale. It's probably three cents on the dollar. I I don't know. It doesn't sell anymore because this was 2017. But you might want to read it. It's an enjoyable thing to give you the practical experience of going through something like this. My point, again, is I know about this. I experienced something of it. All right? Now... Yesterday, the day that the Ida hit New Orleans, was the anniversary of Katrina. Sixteen years ago, Katrina hit on the same day. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Now, the other, one other hurricane I saw, and it gave me grave concern, was Andrew, 1992. Uh, I, I left. Andrew was going to hit as a five. It didn't hit the key each, lower keys. It didn't hit Key West. It hit Homestead. Homestead's between Key Largo and Miami as a five. I came through three weeks later. I came through, flew into Miami, rented a car to drive down. I want to tell you something. Even as I'm sharing the experience with you right now, it brings tears to my eyes. There was nothing left. Everything was flat. An occasional stone wall, one wall of a building standing, everything else flat to the ground. It was like an atomic bomb or a nuclear bomb of some sort had been dropped on Homestead. 
right, that's a five. What a five will do to you. I saw. I've been seeing something uh, yesterday and today on television about New Orleans uh, that I'm going to share with you. It, it bothers me to a degree. There, there's flooding. Obviously, there's flooding, uh, and big trucks are taking people out of the flooded area. These are huge trucks, huge tires. They're open trucks in the back, and you can see the people on that they picked up to take off rooftops, wherever else they lived, and are taking them out of the danger area. Every person I saw, every truck I saw, had only black people. Remember Katrina? Only the black people were left behind, so to speak. They're not left behind, but the white people always seem to have a way to get out. The black don't. Something to keep in mind. Something to keep in mind. The National Hurricane Center says it was dangerous in New Orleans. It's going to continue to be dangerous, even though it's dropped now to a tropical storm. Uh, expect big flooding and big winds, which now brings me to some coronavirus. Some coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm laughing already because some of this stuff's funny, even though it's serious. Uh, you will recall when Trump was president on one of his daily talk shows where he brought all the authorities on coronavirus in, he had somebody who had a cure for coronavirus. And he told us, Donald Trump told us, bleach. Remember this? Bleach. Clorox. You drink it or you inject it. Kills the virus in your lungs immediately. Out of his mind, out of his effing mind. The guy was crazy. This is Trump telling us to do this, okay? Uh, well, some people were crazy, did it, uh, but not many, thank God. There's a new one that came out last week, uh, a, another drug that is equally as stupid and can kill you, okay? And it's called ivermectin, ivermectin. Now, Mississippi got into this big time last week and a lot of other places in the country also, but it started big time with Mississippi, who, by the way, is one of the least vaccinated states in the union because they don't believe in the vaccine, yet they're looking for something else. The pitch with ivermectin is that it won't prevent you from getting coronavirus, from getting the virus, but if you get it, it will help you to get better rapidly, okay? It won't be bad. Well, what is it? It's an anti-parasite drug, which is being used to treat COVID, which is something new. Its actual purpose is to deworm. You know how you deworm dogs? You have to deworm your pet dog at some points. To deworm horses and cows. That is what it's used for. Somebody's been out there pitching. I don't know who, that this is the thing to get. This is going to be the cure-all now. And people are taking it. And so far, the worst state, new poison cases for it, is Mississippi. Now, that brings us now to uh, Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you recall, was anti-vaccine. He wouldn't take it. We never found out when he did, corona, did get coronavirus if he did take it. Uh, my recollection was he still didn't take it. Well, for the first time ever, at a rally in Alabama last week, he told the crowd, you should get your vaccine shots. He said, I got mine, and that's what you're supposed to do. 
He's full of shit. Excuse my language again. And do you know what the people in the crowd did? These were Donald Trump people. They booed him because they remembered. He says the vaccine's no good. Don't take it. And they thought he was crazy. He took it. He says, you do what you want to do. All I can tell you was I took it and it helps me. How the worm turns, my friends. How the worm turns. You know, Trump controlled the people while he was president. I sense he's losing the power of the masses now. And eventually, people are starting to turn against him. People will turn against him in the next year or two. This man isn't going to run in 2024. Uh, he's, he, he's done politically. He doesn't realize it. And the people that have supported him, the people who aren't anybody important, but who have been supporting him, will then be in control, and eventually they're going to end up in control of the money people in this country. I can see this thing working out in the next four or five years. Let's go to Sturgis, Idaho. Sturgis, Idaho. My God, Sturgis, Idaho. Sturgis, Idaho. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, South Dakota. What the hell's Idaho? Sturgis, South Dakota. From August 6th to August 15th, uh, the 81st Sturgis Motorcycle Rally took place. 81st Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. It was held in Meade County, South Dakota, and a half a million people showed up to participate that week in the Motorcycle Rally. A half a million people. Now, this crowd is so large every year that the party has, flown, has spread out beyond Meade County into adjoining counties of Butte, and Lawrence. It's really a three-county venture now. Now, just let me tell you, number one, some doctor at some hospital said in South Dakota that the event, the rally, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, was, and I quote, a super spreader event. Now, here's what happened. Numbers don't lie. The numbers are up in the almost three weeks since the, the two weeks plus since the bicycle rally. The numbers are up in the last two or three weeks. In the county of Meade, okay, new coronavirus cases are up, listen to me, my friends, 686.8%. Less than three weeks, 686.8%. In the nearby counties, in Butte, for example, it's up 1,900%. And in Lawrence, 1,050%. This is in the last two or three weeks. These asses who went to this rally probably didn't wear masks. A half a million people. Probably most weren't vaccinated. They're the kind of people that don't believe in the vaccination. And people in those three counties got sick. Those are the numbers I just gave you. And when these motorcycle people went back to their homes in the other states, they brought the infection with them for their family, their children, their wives, their sisters, brothers, parents, and friends. And those numbers where they came from are going to go up next. Now, a, um, a hospital in uh, Meade County is called Monument Health. And Monument Health is in Rapid City. And the administrator said this past week, and I quote, we are living through a nightmare. You saw the percentage numbers, 1,600, that these things have gone. We are living through a nightmare. Let's go to the Key West Citizen. That's our local newspaper. Uh, page two uh, of the newspaper has a, 
has a, 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 a section called Citizen's Voice. And people want to complain, bitch in effect. They write in every day, and the newspaper prints some of these complaints. They're short, three, four-line complaints, and they're generally in line with what's going on. Well, we're having a problem here, as most school boards, we're in terrible shape in Florida because we, we've got a terrible governor, and he's banned masks in school. Kids can't wear face masks in school, and any school board that says they've got to, he says he's going to take them, he's not going to pay them. And all these things have all been happening in the last 10 days, by the way. Well, we, we had a meeting here in the Key somewhere with this Key Wester or Marathon, I'm not sure. But anyhow, here's what someone wrote about it in Citizen's Voice, and I quote, Well, it's official, folks. The Keys have been turned into a far-right conspiracy theory, lunatic asylum. At the school board meeting, one that just occurred this past week, parents were ranting about communism and, yeah, and how Jesus will help keep COVID away. I couldn't believe it. And I can't believe it that people would talk about communism and coronavirus and also, and we all believe in God to varying degrees, that Jesus would protect them. I, I, something's wrong with the people in this country. I, I just don't understand these things. Uh, now, we also get into here Key West. And I'm upset with my community, and here's why. In the second quarter of this year, the hotel occupancy rates were the highest ever. I mean, it was the, it's terrible. Now. We're, we're, we're being killed by the virus. You can't get a room at our local hospital, okay? they got to fly you to Miami if they can get your room there or Tampa or Lauderdale. All right, now here's what happens. The second highest hotel occupancy rate, the second highest in the history of Key West was the second quarter, and the occupancy rate was 89.4%. That's high. That's like almost every room being occupied. And this is at a time when the major hotels were getting $1,100, $1,200 a night for a room that last year at the same time went for $350, $400. They grabbed everyone they could, and everybody wanted to come. They couldn't go to Europe on vacation or South America or the Caribbean. They came here, and we have a lodging association for the Florida Keys and Key West. They did a wonderful job advertising all over the United States, all over the world. Come to Key West and have a wonderful time, and they are responsible for packing the hotels also. They did their job, though, to the detriment of the people who live here, who got sick as a result of all these visitors and tourists coming in, who didn't care about the masks, didn't care about social distancing. What can I tell you? All right? And our people got sick, and I've got to believe when these people went home, wherever they did, many of them got sick and their friends and families also. Now, you remember, her name is Marjorie Taylor Green. She's that congresswoman who got kicked off the, all the committees. She's another fruitcake. You've seen her. Uh, Donald Trump frequently said, I'm going to do this. And he was going to do it tomorrow, next week, and he told you. And then he never did it. And he never talked about it. She's been going around the country with, with, with the, the, maybe he's going to be accused of pedophilia, Congressman Matt Gates, And they, they're doing an Ebony Costello bit. They're going around 
uh, talking and knocking Biden and everything else. She said last Thursday that tomorrow, Friday, when she was back in Washington, she was going to put in some sort of a bill or whatever you have to put in to impeach Biden because of his Afghanistan failure. Well, she never did it. It makes me think of Trump. He said he was going to do this and that, never did it. I'm glad she didn't do it, but if she wants to do it, do it. This is the way life is right now. we got to meet the, the challenges as they arise. Matt Gates gets announced he got married last week. <laughs> Great guy, good-looking woman. Now, he's got problems. I don't know why the hell she, she would want to marry him now. He could be going to jail. I mean, they're investigating him for sexual crimes, pedophilia, 17-year-old girl, he's paying, paying her to have sex with him. I know, but that's what's going on with those two. Uh, very quickly, because my time is running out, in the year 1146, the European nations, 1146, declared the crossbow, you know, it's like a gun with a, with a bow and arrow on the front, as a dangerous weapon, okay, all right, and they, they, they took the crossbow and they said they banned it all over Europe. Could never be used again because uh, it was. They thought by doing this, getting rid of the crossbow, they were going to end war for all time. They, I compared the crossbow the way they're talking about it to a nuclear weapon today. Uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I love doing the show. Read my blog in the morning. I read a blog every morning. I publish it around noon. CWestLube.com. It's like the show. If you like the show, you'll like the blog. If you don't like the show, don't read my blog. Uh, but that's about it. That's it for tonight, folks. Uh, Till next week, good night. And thanks again for listening in.